What is up, y'all? Welcome to the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayous to Igloos. I am the Cajun Libertarian, and this is my co-host, Eskimo Eskimo Libertarian. <laughs> How is everyone doing tonight? How are you doing tonight? I am doing great, actually. You got some props for us. I do. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave them for later, though. <laughs> yes, of course. Absolutely. Um, we have a very Nat Geo Muddied Waters program for tonight, I think. Should be a bunch of fun. But first and foremost, and as uh, always, the importance of it is, this is the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous. To igloos. That's what she For said. Sure. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoops. So, so how are you doing this week, Cajun? Uh, it's been a very busy week, um, but we pulled through it. Luckily enough, this is the last one for the current week, I guess. But Sunday night, we'll probably have something going on. So glad to be off after this. Glad to be here with you on Muddy Waters Media. Fantastic. I love being here. Yeah. Yeah, it must be it. so hard being so popular and whatnot. Oh, <laughs> You're the one no. you got way more followers than me. No, it is great what you do, though. You do you do, do a lot, and uh, you bring a lot of people to light, and it's very admirable, super cool, and you work your ass off. So for those that don't know, he has, like, I don't know, seven shows a week or something like that, or I think you're up to 14, right? No. <laughs> yeah, almost. Sometimes. It feels that Sometimes. way. Sometimes. Yeah, for me. Five, four to five, <laughs> depending on the week. I try to scale it back. I, I would like to do that hard. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. I wanted to do more of, uh, you know, like investing in the certain episodes that we have because, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? And, and I've learned from you and Matt and Spike and Jason. Yeah. Oh, don't Jason. say it like that. I'm just kidding. I love that dude. <laughs> we have man crushes on each other. That's why we pick on each other so much. Bootleg too. <laughs> So, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've inspired me to do a better job of wanting to take notes and actually investigate and all the things that we're going through and the stuff that I want to talk about. While at the same time, you're gleaning from uh, poor people like me uh, <laughs> and, and taking less notes and <laughs> trying to inject more, you know, emotion into it. So that's just part of the uh, relationship, right? 
between all yeah. of us at, here at Muddy Waters Media, we're all learning from each other. We're all getting better. And um, it, it takes a team to communicate this message. I did not at all intend on going into all of this. So um, anyway, yes, it takes all of us. It takes all of our skills, unique abilities to do what it is that we have to do. Eskimo and I are, you know, front people with the cameras and that's it. The, the real boots on the ground are the people that you'd never hear about. And we can't thank you enough. It's freaking incredible. So with that being said, I'll shut up. Welcome Eskimo. That is literally the next note right here. Eskimo. <laughs> Welcome well, Eskimo. Hi. Uh, we kind of did already a bit of a uh, welcome, yeah, we but <laughs> welcome, folks. <laughs> Chimai. <laughs> so mm -hmm. actually, I could teach you guys a Yupik word, Chimai. When I say that, that is like a formal hello in my own native tongue. And Yupik, uh, the word for Yupik, like the language is Yaktung. And so Chimai means hi. I'm welcoming you guys. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> awesome. You know so, who else we're gonna welcome is who else? Cumberland Cannabis Company. Our sponsor for the show. If you want great weed off the internet, go to Cumberland Cannabis Company. I have learned to say that very well because I've said it many times now, but it is a fun challenge just to say Cumberland Cannabis Company. Three times fast. Habit. It is a lot of fun. It, it takes a lot of work. But if you want good weed over the internet from Tennessee, uh, home-based right there in Tennessee, and locally owned, right? That's very important. You can get all your CBD essentials there at Cumberland Cannabis Company. Please visit their website and have a little fun with the name. And the picture is absolutely freaking gorgeous. I love the picture. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I haven't even tried to say Cumberland Cannabis Company. And then also on their thing, they say viable, ethical, effective. I think it was the third one. I can't say that one three mm -hmm. times fast. Viable, viable. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it because I know better. No. <laughs> but you know what I can say? What's that? I can say a certain someone's name that's running for governor, Joe Soloski for governor, for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. Go check out Joe Soloski and his platform on his website. And uh, yeah, he's going to be on your show soon, isn't he? Yes. Um, give me one second. And we are going here. Ten, nine. Stop! Eight, oh my god! Seven, sixty seconds. August twenty fifth. Joe Soloski running for governor of Pennsylvania, coming on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Thank you for promoting that on Muddy Waters Media. Now, like I expect that you will get fired tonight as well. Oh my god! That would be great. <laughs> This is hard because I can't like send you to the gulag or whatnot. Like no. when you do stuff like that, I have zero power over here. Yeah. You know why? Because it's through my account. So I because have. Because you are the. All of the power, not just a little bit, all of the power. And now, Wadnalik is gone and sitting in the gulag and she hates ASMR. 
especially when you talk about Jack Casey and the RoyalGreen.com through the ASMR reading while Nolik is in the gulag. Jack's book talks about the gulag. He copied it from me. There's gulag references in the RoyalGreen.com. Copied from me, even though he wrote that book long before we ever met. Yeah. Anyway, getting to Eskimos segment. That was not written in the notes. <laughs> You're not following the notes. <laughs> I'm a no, libertarian. This, I don't follow this, rules. This <laughs> show's already off the rails. We haven't even started. We haven't even done the Sorry. first segment. <laughs> all my fault. It's all my fault. I take full blame. All of it. I may have, like, helped you along the way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it happens. Well, Anyways, I kind of want to talk about a couple of different things. And this is kind of going to be just a Nat Geo Muddy Wires as well. So, uh, folks, make sure you like, comment, and share this video. Share it to any uh, National Geographic slash biology slash outdoorsy sort of groups that you may know. <laughs> yeah, share it to those groups. They might be interested in this because we are going to talk about a lot of biology and the weather and whatnot. So, and I have no co-host right now. That's okay. <laughs> I can do this myself. Um, so anyways, uh, two nights ago, we actually had an earthquake, like a massive earthquake. We had multiple earthquakes actually. And a lot of folks had checked in with me asking if I was okay, which thank you so much folks. I definitely feel very loved after that. Um, we are Great, everyone's great. There is actually no damage reported. And what it was, was uh, we had a series of earthquakes in the Pacific Ocean, just south of Kodiak Island, uh, off of Chicknick and Perryville uh, area. And the largest one was 8.2 on the Richter scale. And there were a couple other ones that were above the 6.0 range on the Richter scale and dozens and dozens that were above the 4.0. And about 4.0 is like what I can easily feel and identify. Um, anything lower than that, I mean, you can kind of feel it. But uh, since it's a logarithmic scale, uh, 8.2 doesn't mean that it's twice as big as a 4.1. So it's a logarithmic, it's very steep curve. So an 8.2 is very large. In fact, we haven't had an earthquake that large in 50 years. Uh, the last one that was anywhere around there was 1965 and that was at 8.5. So large earthquake. And after an earthquake like that, there's normally tsunami advisories and we actually got tsunami warnings as well. So Basically, uh, after an earthquake, even though, yeah, it's like shaking around and kind of sloshes the water and whatnot, that's not what's causing the tsunami. What it is, is uh, landslides, either off of mountain faces or even underwater landslides. Uh, those ones are even more dangerous because uh, we can't see those at all. <laughs> so a massive underwater landslide can go through and that's what creates that tsunami. And uh, there technically was a tsunami that did hit a lot of southern Alaska. Thankfully, it wasn't that big. Uh, there wasn't. Oh my god! Not there bad. wasn't uh, any damage reported. There was a baby orca that was washed up onto a cliff. 
area and uh, was kind of stuck there for a while, but the locals were there taking care of the baby orca. And when the water rose up again, um, they were able to push it to the water and it's reunited with its pod and it's a happy ending for the orca. <laughs> so um, there are a lot of posts about that. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much everyone for checking in with me. And uh, a lot of folks were asking questions about like, earthquakes and tsunamis. And that's actually a very common occurrence in Alaska. And uh, I'm not necessarily in a place that's in a high risk, high danger area for these uh, events. Uh, we definitely do get a lot of earthquakes, but uh, this isn't like a tsunami zone. Uh, my friend Carla, who's in Seward, Alaska, she was in a tsunami zone. And so there's sirens going off and you have to go to higher ground. And they had like about an hour to react to that. And it was late at night. It was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So kind of scary. Yeah. I'm looking for so, a picture. Of a tsunami or an earthquake or what? None of the above. But as we oh. have talked recently, uh, <clears throat> yeah, earthquakes scare me. I've seen tsunamis. I've seen earthquakes like, you know, on TV. I deal with weather phenomena down here. It's way different than what you got going on. But tsunamis are pretty crazy. If you look, just go, you know, go on YouTube. Go watch some tsunamis. That water comes in really fast. And for those of you that don't know, when water moves in very quickly on a, a land area, like we deal with this all the time. It becomes very dangerous very fast. It will destroy water. Is in my personal opinion, take it or leave it. Water is probably the most powerful force on Earth. And I've seen it a bunch firsthand. Sorry, no. Go ahead. Didn't mean to hijack your stuff. No, for sure. It's definitely a valid point. Um, it's very dangerous, and so we we don't know. That's why we have those advisories and warnings that go out after these earthquakes and people are ready to go. And uh, even though the water didn't go that high, you know, uh, I think technically they report it as being less than a foot tall boat, but there's areas where they recorded um, it was four feet higher than usual. Um, and being in a low lying area, I mean, that can travel far, even just four extra feet. And uh, also there's a lot of folks that are in those bays there that are fishing and whatnot. And the currents are all of a sudden unpredictable and very dangerous. And the when the water subsides, it sucks them out to the ocean. And many of those vessels aren't ocean worthy. Sure. So people can actually die from that. So once you hear about that, you got to either go to water that's 180 feet deep or yeah, 180 Deep. There we go. Yeah. Or more uh, to get away from most of the damage is usually what they say. But really what's best is just get to higher ground. So I kind of wanted to give some points on that. That was kind of like a scary episode, but everyone's okay, guys. Good news. And we need more good news like that. <laughs> Especially since there's so much news that has happened this week, but I'm just leaving that to Matt and Spike to report that sort of stuff. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, speaking of big stuff news. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, what about uh, that conversation we had yesterday on Clubhouse about the dip netting? 
Yeah. So last weekend I was dip netting, folks, because I am preparing for winter. Winter is coming, <laughs> which I didn't realize. Like when I tell my southern friends, like winter is coming, we're prepping for it. They're like, it's July. Like why? Well, the leaves are changing, the fireweed is in full bloom, and the salmon are swimming up river. So that means we're prepping for winter, and winter is on its way. Uh, yeah, the leaves are changing. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, so I can't. We have heat <laughs> advisories, heat warnings that we haven't had yet this summer coming this weekend. So no, that's weird to me. Wow, it's been like 55 here. It's been a cold summer, but uh, we're just stocking up and prepping for the winter because we don't buy our meat from the store. And that's pretty common up here in Alaska. Uh, so we went what's called dip netting. And pretty much what that is, is you have a, a big aluminum hoop and it's about five feet in diameter. So it's pretty big. And then there's this really long handle. And what you do is you go out into the water about like, waist or chest deep and then you have the handle and you're holding onto it and uh, you have your hoop way out there into the water a salmon swims into it and you'll feel it like your whole net is shaking so you got to turn with uh or like against the river and then yank it and then you have to like run to shore well the thing is you're running in a river and you're chest deep in water so it's a lot of work <laughs> and uh a lot of Alaskans do it. Uh, technically, according to regulations, only Alaskan residents can do it. And how it is, is uh, the head of the household gets 25 fish and each additional person is allowed 10 fish. So like, let's say you have like three people, um, you get 45 salmon. That's how much you're allowed to get. And uh, it doesn't really matter who gets it in the family. So like the head of household or someone else in the family could get all 45, but that's just how they determine your limit for the house. And so, uh, yeah, we went dip netting. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to get it up onto shore and then you have like this bat and you whack its head. So we were clubbing salmon. <laughs> So put your funniest clubbing jokes in the comments. Actually, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Those are obnoxious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were able to get 28 fish and each fish was like a good size. So that was a lot of fun. The average fisherman's lie right there. Just oh put God. them right there. Uh, shoulder length. Okay. I have pictures. I have pictures and it's all over my page. So if you go onto the Esco Libertarian, there are pictures of me cutting up fish. All right. There's one I'm like holding it out and it's like, like this. It's like this, guys. This big. It was this big. <laughs> That's what she said. I bet I could fit a slogan in that. Show us that uh, measurement again right there. Tom from 52.com. That's T O M F O R 52.com. There's no quit and quitter. Thomas Daniel Quitter for Senate in New York State 52nd District. Tom from 52.com. That's T O M F O R 52.com. Sorry. You're not sorry. Don't say it. Just fit. Sorry. It just fit. Wait. It was, that's what she I'm said. I'm trying to. There we go. It fit in that right there. That's what she said. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job. 
to make you oh crack. Oh my gosh. You're well, I was going to talk about dip netting on my show last night, but you're like, no, save it for today. So it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking about it. I love like this way of life that I have up here. And I love like, I don't know, selling people on it pretty much because it's so wholesome and fulfilling and being able to catch your own food. I mean, not only like, is it fulfilling and you feel good and it like is good for you, uh, but it's also ethical. You know, you're not relying on the food industry, which by the way, like we've highlighted a few things that is very unethical about the food industry. However, these unethical practices are legal. So this is the libertarian solution right here is getting away from the food industry and doing it yourself in an ethical way. And I know where my food has come from. And I am very meticulous about when I'm cutting it, making sure I get as much meat as possible. And so, yeah, which by the way, I brought this here. So this is what I use to cut my fish. So a lot of people use a fillet knife, but I use a traditional ulak. Do you which, have to descale oh, any fish up there? Sorry. Uh, no, I don't descale. You eat the scales? Um, I have, yeah. Like for salmon, uh, you can like take a strip of it and then you hold it over the fire and kind of crisp it up and it's like a chip and it's good for you and just eat it like that. But you don't <laughs> but eat I don't fish though. I have sometimes. All right. Yeah, you, you can eat this. Yeah, for salmon, you can eat the skin. No, for sure. Yeah, skin is different from scales. You can eat the scales. <laughs> no, no, I was honestly asking. Like, I didn't know if yeah. you, some fish don't have scales. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you can. You can eat that. And um, I have. I do. Um, not super often. A lot of times when I'm cooking salmon, it slides right off the scale skins or whatnot. And so it's really easy to take off. But uh, I don't descale any of my fish up here. But uh, yeah, and this is what I use. Uh, a lot of people call this an ulu, and that's the Anupiak term. The Yupik term is uh, an ulak. And uh, my husband actually made this for me. The handle here is a whitetail deer antler. And uh, I forgot what type of metal he used here, but pretty much you hold it like this. And what's really great is you have a lot of control of where the blade is and you're going through and you cut it. And like, let's say you got to get through like a really tough bone. You can put your whole weight behind it. and It's great. Very useful. Nice. But yeah, this is the type of knife that we use up here. And my husband made it. A lot That's of people awesome. get these as like uh, souvenirs and whatnot up here. So there it is. Yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah, but uh, an easier word is an ulu, which is pretty much the same thing. What was the other word? Uh, an ulak. Okay. So like the... And you're, huh? The Yupik term is ulak, but the easier term is ulu? Yeah, and that's the Anupiak term. And Anupiaks are Anupiak. more the northern Eskimos, and I'm a southern Eskimo. Right. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. We're still a Yankee. So don't. Like, here's Alaska. <laughs> this is where the Yupik folks are. 
And then up here is where the Inupiaq folks are, up on the top. See, look, it's Alaska. Got the Aleutian chain. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Got any questions, Cajun? Yeah, yeah. I I know that we went over many props beforehand, so I'm excited to hear, like, what animals they're from, how you got them, with the size regulation, or not regulation, that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Like, this- Yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, for this one, this is just a white-tailed deer antler. This one's actually, uh, and this antler is from Wisconsin, so not from Alaska, but the design's from Alaska. Super cool. Do you have white-tailed deer in Alaska? No, we have black-tailed deer, which is what these are from. So here we have black-tailed deer, and this is what their antlers look like. They go like this. (laughs) (laughs) But as you can see, they're very small, you know, small. It fits my hand. (laughs) I'm just softballing them to you now. (laughs) If it's obvious, I'm not going to just go for it. Too much. Too much, but uh, yeah, this is what a black-tailed deer. So we have Sitka black-tailed deer up here in Alaska. We do not have white-tailed deer. Um, the big difference being that they have a black tail. <laughs> and I can't remember if the ones that we have up here are, I think they're bigger than white tails that you would see in like the Midwest and maybe closer to your region. Um I know a lot of animals up here generally have a bigger torso and shorter limbs uh, because it's better for energy conservation and keeping their bodies warm. You know, if you have really long, narrow limbs, it takes a lot of energy to keep that warm. But if you have short and stubby, that's easy to keep warm. (laughs) So I wanted to show that. But speaking of long and narrow... Guess what this is? Not an Usyk. <laughs> it's a caribou antler. <laughs> so, yeah, I also wanted to bring up caribou antlers. So they are longer, uh, as you can see. This is just one of them. I have two of them here. Let's see if this can fit. Good lord. Yeah, so they kind of go like awesome. this. Oh, I'm not really doing it super well, but like this one has more parts to it, even though that one's larger. This one actually has a shovel, which is pretty cool. And a lot of folks like that double shovel. So this part's the shovel. And uh, I don't remember all the different parts names, but uh, pretty much what's really cool about caribou is that both males and females have antlers, which a lot of people don't know about that. And in November, males actually shed their antlers. So all of Santa's reindeer, reindeer are just domesticated caribou. Um, All of Santa's reindeer are female. Bet you didn't know that. I did not. That's awesome. Yeah. So I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that beforehand. That's awesome. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. They kind of go up here and, uh, So the females actually don't lose their antlers until like, I think February, unless they're pregnant. If they're pregnant, they keep their antlers. Or if they're like a younger 
bull or a younger cow, they will keep their antlers on longer. Um, I actually went on a hunting trip in March and uh, by March, most, like a, most of the caribou there, um, if they had antlers, they were pregnant. And so um, they tell you not to get ones with antlers. However, we did shoot a, a bull that did have antlers. So it, it's kind of like a rule of thumb, but it doesn't always work. Uh, but yeah, so both males and females have antlers and reindeer are just domesticated caribou. Uh, unless you're in Europe. In Europe, they just call them all reindeer. All of them are reindeer. Uh, they don't use the term caribou. Only North uh, North America uses the term caribou. But yeah. Uh, and another cool fact, there are over a million caribou in Alaska. So it's almost to the point where Alaskans could go outside, like all Alaskans could go outside, shoot two caribou, and there would still be some left. Right. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot. There's more caribou than people up here significantly more and it's just it's really cool when you see them as a herd they move fast but uh, they're really stupid but they are fast so <laughs> they're really hard to hunt <laughs> actually our hunting with... yeah sorry go ahead oh no go ahead ask no i was gonna be a butthole no ask <laughs> you're already a butthole <laughs> what's uh, yeah, what's stopping yeah. you now <laughs> Well, the question wasn't for you. It's really for the comment section. Am I the only one that was not surprised by the fact that caribou outnumber the people in Alaska? Because there's only like 14 of y'all. And there we go. I mean, you're not wrong. There's that. I thought I had a space to make a funny. Didn't work out. Interrupted you. Feel like a dick. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be a Usyk. God damn. Don't be a Usyk. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, I, I went caribou hunting back in March, and I was going to say it was really hard. It was like negative 20. Uh, for those that know Alaska, I was off the Cease Highway there, and it it was cold. It was really cold, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say like yeah i was in alaska and it was cold yeah no it was really cold <laughs> like this is alaskan saying it and uh but i almost like didn't care because i was on the hunt but normally i would never go out in that weather what was really great was the wind was just howling through and so i was able to mask our sound and we were able to like the wind was coming at our face and we were able to sneak up onto a group but Normally, I would never be in those conditions. It was awful, but it was great because we got two caribou, so I was happy. But nice, even larger. <laughs> More props. Ugh. I didn't see we have that a moose. One. Yes, we have a moose here. So we have a lot of moose in Alaska as well, and I want to show you what a moose antler looks like. So it goes right here. And you have this front part right here, which is your brow tie, tine. So, um, and then this back part is your paddle. And what's really cool about this one is right there is a bullet hole. So this one we actually found out on the tundra. My husband found this and uh, he found it off of a skull. So he sawed it off the skull and saw that there was a uh, bullet hole right there through the antler. So for this one only, 
bulls have antlers. This isn't one of those crazy ones like, yeah, both female and males have, no, just males have them. <laughs> so this uh, is what we have here. And people are right now getting ready to go moose hunting, which is a really exciting time. So August yes. 10th is opening season in the area. And so we're really excited. Um, I don't think I could live both sides. Let's let's go for it. We're going for it. There's not a lot of room here, but oh my god. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Yes. So this is both sides. You notice this side has three brautine and this side has two. And a legal bull to shoot needs at least three on one side or the span of antlers needs to be at least 50 inches. It used to be 48 when I was younger. I remember that. Now it has to be 50 inches, folks, or you can't shoot it. <laughs> but yeah, it goes like this. I'm doing it. We did it. Oh my God, I'm sweating. <laughs> but yeah, we have all these antlers here and I just wanted to show them off. There's a lot really of stoners cool. right now that are looking at that going, I can roll so much weed on that one piece of skull. Yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you tried. Swing and a miss. It's okay. Swing Next time. And a miss. Um, what's really cool about these is I've seen artists do like carvings into like either the paddle back here or they like turn it into an eagle if it's the right shape from here, which it's actually really cool. But this one, uh, I don't think I could do it. It's kind of cracking and it wasn't treated or anything. Uh, it's kind of dirty still, but yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Also, I wasn't wrong. There are already people in the comments saying, yes, I can absolutely roll a ton of weed on that. So did not miss the mark there. Thought I did, did not. <laughs> yeah, I was right there with you. I didn't think it was gonna work. Look at this one. This Isn't it so cute? We go from that to look at this. <laughs> look how big of a difference. I like it. <laughs> Remind us where the first one's from. This one is a blacktail deer, and then this is a moose. All the way to a moose. And then the caribou one, they are like, they're just as big, but they don't have like this big paddle. You know, it's a lot more narrow. So it's a little easier to lift, but these ones are bulky as hell. Oh, I thought that would be kind of cool to show folks Ooh, in case they're curious. A little bit of Alaskan Nat Geo from your local Eskimo, your favorite Eskimo. <laughs> You're welcome. You definitely. Without question, the Eskimo in the libertarian community. That part um, is a fact. Thanks. What else <laughs> is a fact? You're very welcome. Scrolling through our, you know how many freaking overlays we have now? It's utter, utterly absurd. Overlays? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like this one. Tom from 52.com. T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. 
There's Thomas. He has upside down feet. Please donate to his campaign. And if you go to tomfor52.com slash FTG, you can figure out what FTG stands for. At Tom for 52.com, and you can qualify for some special muddied waters media merch through Tom for 52.com slash backslash one of the slashes. I'm not sure which slash that is a lot of SHs right there. Tom for 52.com slash FTG for special, unique. Muddied Waters Media Merchandise. We probably did not go over that, did we? My bad. It's my fault. Also, my fault. <laughs> not my fault. This is completely oh Jack God. Casey's fault. All the way. Jack Casey, RoyalGreen.com. Yes, there he is in all of his glory. There are his books. Who cares? That's what he looks like, and that's all that matters for you not to buy this book. But he pays us to shit on him. So, I will just be honest. It's terrible. I've read some things from this, whatever that is. I don't care about that. I care about this. Because that is terrific. RoyalGreen.com What's next? Uh, looks oh. like you're next. Looks like I'm next. That's a there's like five thing. lines of notes for this whole show. <laughs> Doesn't matter. This is you're you've had so many more notes for all the other shows, and we're just now getting to my segment at 38 minutes and 58 seconds. That should tell you something. What does that tell you? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I don't know either. Also, don't know what's going on with Alaskan Whiffy because she's just in and out the whole show. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I'm sorry. There, that's yep. the proper way. That's the proper way. All right. My father-in-law is in the comment section. He's watching this. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he probably thinks I'm such an asshole. I'm not. I'm just having fun. That's it. Also, anchor.fm slash the Cajun Libertarian. We will have an uh, Anchor FM call-in site for this show very soon. But if you want to make an anchor.fm call-in moment, then you can do that right there. We already have, let me see, I think we have four. We're about to find out. Do you want to take one now? Oh, she's wearing antlers. She's not paying attention. Yeah. I'm not paying attention. All <laughs> right, we'll take, we'll take one now. Real quick. Anchor, Colin, moment. The Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou to Igloos. Yay. Let's see what, let's see what, <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. Right, right from the top. Thomas Queter. The title of it is Plug It, Plug It. Hello again. Thomas Daniel Queter here. Tom for 52.com. T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. 
Cajun's a good friend of mine. He's been supporting my campaign. He's been helping me out on Clubhouse, where we've already raised 15% of what I need for petitioning next spring. You can check my policies. You can learn more about me. You can find and follow my social media. But most importantly, you can support me. You can donate. You can buy merchandise. You can sign up. You can also send an email to Tom at Tom452.com and email me directly. If you have something to offer, I'm willing to listen. If you have something to volunteer for, I'm willing to take your help. Thank you. You're welcome. You also messed up your own damn website. So that's a thing. It's not Tom at Tom452.com. It is Tom for 52.com t-o-m-f-o-r 52.com don't mess up your own plug man he totally oh, left man. me out i plug for him all the time <laughs> he's got another one coming up it's okay i'm just the chick with the uh, chubby cheeks just the eskimo with the chubby cheeks that talks about uh, liberty that's all you. i am <laughs> news. that i know fake news i've seen all the fake news Oh right? You've all seen it. You've all heard it. You know that I know all the best news. Okay. That's just a fact. You could go look it up. I know all the best news. It's fake news. We have three other calling moments. We're going to wait because <laughs> I want to barrel through this as fast as possible. That way we can probably get to the anchor calling moments before I get fired. If not, that's okay, too. I need one less thing to do. So if I get fired from Muddy Waters Media, I get fired. First, before getting fired. You're just going to take me down with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't see that as a possibility. Okay. Birds, right? Birds. Oh, look. Yeah, I already put it down there. Birds? I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the anchor with putting it down there. But what I'm talking about is birds. This is a late article, but maybe not a lot of people have heard of it. I sure, I sure had not have. Tom for 52.com, T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. He's the one that turned me on to this because I couldn't believe it. And it's pretty freaking oh muddy waters media coming soon bootleg and eskimo probably probably oh. but the cajun libertarian live is fully independent if you didn't know so i will still be there so long as youtube doesn't remove me after this extremist content that i'm not going to share right now because right now i'm going to share from the Los Angeles Times and a story that Thomas Queter shared to me. And we are going to take a brief look at it in 2019. There, there have been, let me, let me say it like this. There have been many outbreaks of this. Okay. Among chickens. We're talking about birds here. More than one bird, but for the poultry industry specifically, we're talking about chickens. There have been many outbreaks of this. There have been kind of the same response slash 
similar responses to this various or this very outbreak, this this virus. But anyway, 2019, Southern Cal, SoCal, has been plagued by an outbreak of a highly contagious viral disease that can affect all species of birds, but is most deadly to chickens. Henceforth, they don't care if it's not a monetary value. And I said that too early. That's okay. We'll get there, even though I already got there. And that's what he said. Known as virulent Newcastle disease, the virus poses no food safety concerns and essentially no human health concerns. Only people who spend a lot of time close to infected birds are at risk of pink eye or a mild fever. So that it actually has no effect on humans other than this little tiny thing. But as we get a little bit through, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm going to breeze through it real quick. Give me to the end, right? Please, for this, give me to the end. Because it's going to sound very familiar, and I'm not even going to address what it's familiar to. Draw your own conclusions. Please and thank you. Newcastle disease poses no threat to food safety concerns and almost no human health concerns. This was in 2019. And, and this is what was told to me about this entire situation. Uh, Sarah and Andereg. I vote for Eskimos phase two. I don't even know what the vote is, but whatever. Thanks, super fan, Sarah. Nah. Anyway, <laughs> what I was told, eh, let me wait. Let me wait. All right. To stop the spread of the virus, more than 1.2 million birds, mainly chickens, have been euthanized in heavily affected areas, some of which weren't showing symptoms or hadn't been infected yet. There's also a good note that I didn't write down in my crappy notes that everybody likes to badger me for, and that's the fact that California decided to do a quarantine, a quarantine over the birds that had no effect on human health at all. Their only concern was the poultry industry. And it's very vague in those facts. You can go back and read the articles. All I did was Google cops kill chickens and pet turkey. And I got Los Angeles Times material. Now you see how I roll. Right, this is me. Cops kill birds and pet turkey, and I got this. I was led into it, but that was how I googled it, and here we are. Thank God because it is phenomenal. So many chickens have been euthanized in heavily affected areas, some of which weren't showing symptoms and hadn't been affected yet. This lady went goes on a rampage, right? You, you, you can just go look at the article. It's from the Los Angeles Times. And it, it's, mm, it's rough. It goes in every direction. And they're very good <laughs> at, at what they do with the, uh, the underwriting, right? What they want you to actually believe. It is the LA Times. But it's where I got the source. So we're going to just dive into it a little bit. What I heard was that a bunch of cops 
showed up at families' houses and just started shooting birds. And that's how you get the dead pet turkey. They say euthanized on the LA Times. And it goes, the, the article's thick. It's deep. It practically tells you without being very offensive that a bunch of cops just started showing up at a bunch of people's houses and murdering their birds right in front of their kids, right in front of anybody. Didn't matter. Okay, look, we hunt. Eskimo hunts. I hunt. She just showed you a bunch of freaking antlers that she hunted for and that she killed and got to gather. This isn't hunting. Imagine being on your porch step and a bunch of cops show up and decide that they're going to just start shooting all your birds and you're a kid. And then, oh, look, something that has nothing to do with chicken anatomy or looks like chicken anatomy at all, it gets murdered too. That's just one story. Now, you can lobby for the fact that the government was trying to save the poultry industry. The fact of the matter is, is that we don't need them to. Free market would take care of that. Get out of the way. There will be illnesses. This is Earth. Anyway, I didn't write any of that down. So, yes, a bunch of birds, mostly chickens, and a bunch of pet birds were slaughtered by police in California in 2019 to stop a virus. To stop a virus. So this lady, when she learned in April that her birds might be euthanized, euthanized, she started a Facebook group with about 30 friends and family called SOB, Save Our Birds. Thomas Queer turned me on to this. It's a very real thing. There is a Facebook group, Save Our Birds, SOB. Go look it up. It's got over 4,700 members now. It's a real issue. The reality is that the virus does not replicate in dead birds. But it does replicate in live birds, said Dr. Maurice Piteski, a veterinarian and faculty member at UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine who has researched how avian diseases spread. That sounds kind of familiar. I'm going to click on this article real quick because there's info that I really wanted to talk about that I can get to. Let me scroll down for a second. If I can find it, I'll find it real quick. If I can't, I can't. We'll I think on. it should be said real quick that, like, when it comes to hunting and whatnot, I mean, we only take what we need and we use everything that we take. So going through and culling like that is very unethical. And because uh, people will talk about, like, you know, how they hear that, you know, we killed animals in order to hunt, but it is... There's a huge difference because what we're doing is ethical. We aren't partaking in the food industry. We are getting the food ourselves. And like I said, we only take what we need and we only are we use everything that we take. This just sounds awful. No. Oh, yeah, it is very bad. Uh, this has happened more than once, by the way. I started getting into multiple articles where they were quarantining people in their birds and they were finding them way too much money. And if they, did, if they didn't comply, um, they would just take their birds and go, right? Because otherwise the authorities were going to come by and just shoot all the birds. Like, unbelievable. It didn't matter if they were sick or not. Go look it up. Um, this is part of the information that I'm 
you know, trying to get to you that I'm not being very successful at it. It didn't matter if the birds were sick or not. They shot them anyway. If they were in a high risk area, high risk, meaning if they were near a poultry plant or anything that had major monetary value attached to it, then they would come over there and shoot all your birds. Didn't matter if they were sick or not. Incredible. It's incredible. And here's the other thing, too. We're going to get a little familiar here. Authorities, this is a quote from an authority. Generally, when I say authorities, government official. Generally, authorities have, had, have made the most progress in eradicating the disease in communities where bird owners have banded together to increase biosecurity, which includes keeping birds indoors and limiting contact with other bird owners and pledge not to move their birds. In those communities, the virus has stayed low, she said. The problem is when one person doesn't follow directions because they think they're doing the right thing or don't know what the right thing is because we haven't reached them. They put everybody at risk. It's just the same rhetoric. I'm not even going to mention what we're talking about because you know what we're talking about. I don't have to say it. It's the same rhetoric. It's the same talk. They just tried it in small pockets before they launched it on a large level. That's just a fact. I saw it in my own community during Katrina. Not only yeah. that, not, not just the language, but the fact they're going and murdering all these freaking people's animals if they're sick or not. Go ahead, Nella. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's important to note that libertarians feel very strongly when it comes to the rights of life, liberty, and property. Here, these pets have life and they are your property. And so for the state to be able to come in and shoot them without, I mean, just that the fact that the state can come in and just call them off, I mean, this is actually a really big deal. I had actually never heard about this. Quite intense. It's happened in several cases where they euthanized millions of birds with an extreme cost, right? Like they, I saw some statistics on it with money attached to it, millions of dollars for law enforcement to go around and just slaughter all of these birds in order to protect the poultry industry. That's not, that is paraphrasing, but that's just what they said. Imagine the environmental impacts too of killing so many of anything at that scale. That's quite intense. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, I, I was floored when I heard it the first time. I was like, no, that, that's got to be a joke. It's, it's not a joke. You can go look it up. It's very much not a joke. What else isn't a joke is anchor.fm, the Cajun Libertarian. Please give us a call in anchor moment. We have several. We'll get to one right now. Or not right now. I'm working with like four devices, quite literally. Right. I have like four sets of antlers here. <laughs> not a real libertarian. All right, let's do an anchor call in from not a real libertarian. This is bootleg again. I was also wanting to know um, if 
there's a GoFundMe set up for uh, Cajun's funeral today. Um, he got massacred online by pretty much everyone um, because his wife is a better memester and uh, he's trash at making memes. So I'm wanting to know if there's a GoFundMe set up so we can bury him because him and his meme game um, need to be put to rest. Thank you. And, and look, thank you, bootleg libertarian. I appreciate and applaud your volunteerism. This is the way, right? This is what we want. We want people to volunteer. We want people to speak up for causes that they believe in and donate money to. However, my funeral isn't one of them. But if you want to go ahead and give me some money, I'm okay with that too. CajunLibertarian.com is one way that you can get some bang for your buck. There it is, CajunLibertarian.com. There's merchandise right there. You can also donate to the non-existent funeral at hand, apparently, by bootleg. There's my PayPal. You can donate to that for a funeral that's not coming anytime soon. But to address the topic at hand, bootleg, I guess I'll just take my however many followers that I have on the Facebook page and go home and quit because you said that I suck at memes, even though math. So (laughs) (laughs) it's weird hearing um, shit talk to anyone when, uh, like, oh man, it only works if it's true, man. It only works if you actually have like some street cred. I mean, I've seen his right. memes, they're trash. Oof. <laughs> they're as trash as his beard. Mm. That hurts. That hurts me. No, it doesn't <laughs> hurt me. That math did not help raise you. Now he's bad at grammar. That math did not help you raise funds like five periods of space and then five more periods. All right, sure. My math is still relevant. What else is relevant is Eskimo's meme to bash. I do not take credit for that meme. (laughs) You don't see my uh, watermark on there? (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I want to. <clears throat> I want to talk about something serious for a moment, and I hope that this comes across correct. Uh, what I need to do is make just a, an Eskimo and Cajun Nat Geo meme overlay. I did not, so I apologize. But welcome to this episodes portion of the Cajun Libertarian feeding you Nat Geo. This is important. This is a very serious issue and I want to talk about it. Oh my God. The horrible thing you never knew about ducks. This is an issue. All right. I didn't know this this week. But now that I know it, you have to know it as well. Why? Because that's what comes with the advantage of the microphone and the camera 
and being on Muddied Waters Media, which I, I expect may not be a, a tenure for very much longer. Um, the horrible things he never knew about ducks. Oh, I know about them. We're, we're going we're gonna to dive off into this for a minute. Let me explain something to y'all that I didn't know. Ducks are very rapey. They're a very rapey species, subspecies of bird. Matter of fact, they're a very unique subspecies of bird. Not just the fact that ducks are very rapey, but they do have penises, which most birds don't. I read that as well. And you are privy to that information. Not that I'm just saying it, but you can go find it out. Most ducks like to do this thing or birds that I found where it says that they rub two body parts together to impregnate the female. And the first thing I thought was like, you know, like, but there are some ducks that have penises. And they're very rapey. Yes, we are on Muddy Waters Media talking about rapey ducks. And I'm here for it because I will kill every male duck that I legally can and eat that now because I didn't know rapey ducks was a thing. And saying rapey ducks about 50 times this episode might get me fired. But I don't think saying rapey ducks will get Muddy Waters Media kicked off the internet. And so we're going to dive into, you guess it, rapey ducks. On the Venn diagram of strange animal mating behaviors, speaking specifically of rapey ducks, from lobster golden showers to garter snake orgies, duck sex is on the border between cartoonish and sadistic. This is an article from the New York Post, and you can go find that article. Because this is that worse article, than when my parents gave me the birds and the bees talk. That article is freaking fantastic, and it's much better than the birds and the bees. We're talking about gang rape from ducks, and I'm here for it, and oh it's brutal. <laughs> it's rough, all right? But... Nat Geo, Muddy Waters Media style. Rapey ducks and violent gang rape that sometimes ends in murder. Here we go. The Dark Side of Duck Mating has its own chapter in a new book, The Evolution of Beauty, How Darwin's Forgotten Theory of Mate Choice Shapes the Animal World in Us by Yale Ornithology Professor Richard O. Prum. It's a controversial subject, earning notoriety in 2015 after news leaked that the federal government contributed $400,000 to the study of mating habits of ducks dubbed, wait for it, Duck Penisgate by Mother Jones. That's a real thing. They literally called it Duck Penisgate. That's fantastic. Let's go further in duck rape. Because that's a real thing. 
Let's see. Ducks, for one, are outliers within the avian population. Unlike 97% of birds, ducks have penises. Super long ones. That's what she said. Super long. This is right off the New York Post. I swear to God. You can go look at it. This article is freaking hilarious. All right. It, it... Read the article. Super long ones. Ducks have penises. Super long ones. They're among the best endowed in terms of ratio of body to member. Of all vertebrates, for example, the one pound foot long Argentinian lake duck has the longest of all with a member that is four inches longer than the body. In case you didn't catch that, its body, the body of the Argentinian lake duck is 12 inches. Its penis is 16 inches. That's just remarkable. It's four inches. That's uh, if you ever find yourself on Art uh, Jeopardy and they ask you what duck has the biggest dick in the world, you could be like, "Oh shit, I know that from Muddy Waters Media." Okay, in Eskimo show, it's sixteen inches. That's the Argentinian lake duck. That might happen. You never know. The process generally resembles. A cross between using your arm to avert a sweater sleeve that is inside out and unfurling the soft motorized roof of a convertible sports car with a hydraulic drive. Right? I swear to God, I said I wouldn't lose it. I'm only laughing at memes that your wife is sending me. (laughs) That's perfect. I'm a champion at this, but this... I've read this article a few times and it's kind of got me every time. Um, That's just good authorship, right? I mean, this is pretty good. The process generally resembles a cross between using your arm to avert a sweater sleeve that is inside out and unfurling the soft motorized roof of a convertible sports car with a hydraulic drive. Now, that's been colorized and put into play for you, which was glorious to say the least. It only gets weirder. How could this get weirder? It gets weirder. And we haven't even gotten into duck gang rape yet. That's a real thing. Duck gang rape. Like, it's real. All right. So it only gets weirder. There's an evolutionary process to which the duck penis has taken place. It is now corkscrewed. The reason it is corkscrewed because female ducks were tired of getting raped by male ducks, specifically violent gang rape that ended in death. So you can imagine they're like, shit, I got to take a stand here. Otherwise, I'm going to keep getting raped to death by male ducks. So... Decide over the course of however many thousands of years or hundreds of years. I don't know how long the evolutionary process took for the ducks to the duck vagina to become a violent viral swirl of death in Barbary, but that happened. Apparently, the duck vagina turned into this like ridiculous horror movie of a maze. You want me to read it? I can read it. 
It's weird. You know, my father-in-law is watching this right now. I'm so sorry. But you know what? He's probably laughing. If he's not laughing, then he's absolutely absolutely learning. Female reproductive tracts are full of twists and turns, or as Prum puts it, dead inside packets of cul-de-sacs and some spiral clock eyes in the opposite direction of the counterclockwise spiraling duck penis, which is weird. <laughs> Anybody that says this isn't weird, it's pretty weird. Let me get to the the, the bite. There, like, there's some really disturbing information in this article about the duck vagina. That doesn't even get to the fact that the male duck said, "Fine, you don't want me to rape you, and you're going to develop an evolutionary cycle that says my vagina is going to be smarter than your evolutionary cycle." The the male duck said, "I'll see that and raise you one." Not only did the male duck penis evolve into an object that could still habitually rape female ducks. It even got better. The, the, the female vagina decided it was going to take all kinds of turns and ridiculous, dangerous deeps and dives and turn itself one way. The, the, the male duck said, fine, I'll do it and match you one. One is clockwise. The other is counterclockwise. And there is your science. I don't know how I feel about ducks anymore, to be honest with you. I know they're very rapey. I know that ducks are very rapey. I'm not sure that this picture represents that, but that could be rape. I know that's the title of the New York Post column. And there are many articles about duck rape. And how horrible it is. And the science behind the evolutionary process that the duck vagina went through to make itself a deadly effing trap. And then the male duck said, I'll one-up you and make mine worse. And I will still gay rape you violently until you die. Sometimes. Not every time. So nature is very savage. Very savage. Apparently. And apparently our ducks are as well. I see people saying Howard the Duck, duck movie, ACDC, what's with the ducks? Female duck evolves to not get raped. Male duck evolves to keep raping. Yes, bootleg. That's exactly right. Read it. Uh, somebody related to you, Eskimo, says, all this talk about duck wieners is too much for me. I'm out of here. Uh, they probably didn't leave. That's just a front. Everybody wants to hear about violent duck rape. I don't That's care. That's my father-in-law. You want to read violent duck rape. Oh, my bad. Dennis Trump. He probably watched the rest of it. I guarantee you he did. I don't think so. Thomas Queeter says gang rape from ducks. I'm here for it. Dash Cajun Libertarian. How can you not be here for it? Who else knew that the ducks like to gang rape and violently, brutally, murderly murder each other with rape? I didn't know that. I wish I didn't know that, but I do know that now, and now you know it. And you are welcome for that. 
thing. Do the thing, right? That's what Thomas always says. Do the thing. I mean, whatever your thing is, you know, put that thing in front of you and do the thing. It doesn't matter if you have upside down feet and you're trying to sell them on the black market, well-seasoned. That's not an issue. Do the thing. I'm lost. Bring it do home. we have an anchor call-in moment? Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, let's do that. A couple of them, actually. Let's see. Play after duck rape, says <laughs> not real libertarian. This is the bootleg libertarian from not a real libertarian podcast. What sound do you think a duck being raped sound makes? Like, no. what do you think that sounds like? No. No. This is the bootleg libertarian from not a real libertarian podcast. What sound do you think a duck being raped sound makes? Like, what, what do you think that no. sounds like? Yeah, do it. You should do it. Nope. Next call moment. Next no. Call Next anchor call moment? Yeah. Next call in something other than what's duck rape sound like. I agree with that. Terrible idea. Why? It's an awful idea to even bring that subject up. What the, is wrong with y'all? This is, this is brutal, animalistic. Thomas Queter, five hours ago. Oh. Good evening, everybody. Thomas Daniel Queter here. I've uh, been fortunate enough to become good friends with both Malik and Cajun. They're good people. Uh, my name is Thomas Daniel Queter, as I said. Go to tomfor52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R 52.com slash F-T-G. You can use your imagination what F-T-G stands for. There is a monthly meme contest and meme merchandise. We are adding bikinis and boxer briefs very soon. You can buy a blanket with my face on it. You can cuddle up with Tom. I know Cajun and Nalik want to cuddle up with Tom. Buy a blanket today. This show is not salvageable. I just think this is the best show I've ever done. You I have no props. idea. What <laughs> you brought props. Freaking great props. Great props. I yeah. Look, look how great this prop is. It is great, but look at this duck raping the other one. Nope. 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 Okay. My bad. <laughs> this is a great prop. <laughs> moose horn. It's not yeah, a horn. It's an antler. Antlers are different than horns. Who said horn? You said horn. Mm-mm. I never do that. And Cajun brought ducks. I'm glad somebody else was better than me. My was that our says, last anchor con move moment? Yeah. 
You would not believe the ungodly comments that are coming in right now. Oh, black, I can know, I can believe them. Is one of them. My wife says, "I am so sorry." Now look, so so sorry. I am not. I I am surprised that I haven't gotten a text yet from Matt Ryder, Spike Cohen saying, "You fired." Listen. You fired. But I made it through. They might not be paying attention anymore, but I suspect I may be fired by tomorrow. Am I talking about Doug? Gang duck rape. Violent. Very violent. Murderous gang violent duck rape. And Noah, Noah talked about antlers. <sighs> and dip netting, which is fascinating to me, by the way. I know I talked about uh, violent gang rape, but I'm actually very much more interested in dip netting and the tool that you actually use to do it because that sounds freaking phenomenal to me. Uh, we've done cast netting. That That's what I'm used to is cast netting. If that makes sense. You look confused. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Well, folks, this has been another excellent episode. Well, we've, we've uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been an hour and t almost 20 minutes. Holy crap. That'll happen. And it's still <laughs> only 10 o'clock. Time flies, folks. <laughs> they, 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 they go over like two and a half hours over. They don't just go two hours over. They're like over two hours plus one half in another hour or so. Anyway, you're right. There's no content left, so might as well just move along. <laughs> there is someone else that we do need to plug, though. Really? So yeah. For, me, I for reals. For reals. There's another get person. Out of my gang rape violent duck article. <laughs> oh. For reals. For reals. I got it. Four <laughs> reels. And four reels is right there. Yes. So for reels, folks, <laughs> I am talking about Jonathan Reels. He needs to raise $5,000 for him to be a reels candidate. So if you would like to donate to him, go check out www.jonathan.cash. That's www.jonathan.cash and help him become a reels candidate. For reels, he's a reels boy. <laughs> so Jonathan Reels, folks. That is right. Is that the last plug we have for tonight, Eskimo Libertarian? Uh, one more quick plug. Uh, there is a rally happening up here in Alaska to help save the PFD. That'll be tomorrow at noon at Newcomb Park, which is next to Wasilla Lake. So if any of my Alaskan folks are watching this still, God help you. Uh, you can <laughs> attend the PFD rally, and that will be uh, again tomorrow at noon at Newcomb Park next to Wasilla Lake. So, all eight of y'all can join and show up and yes. do community service, which is very important. Yes. I will not reference uh, violent duck gang rape again. I apologize.
Take you... that off. <laughs> you also PayPal Eskimo Libertarian. Eskimo Libertarian. She also has a website that I have not got put on here yet. Eskimo Libertarian.com, I hope. It's almost live. Uh, we still have to do a couple more steps and then it'll be ready to go. It is really close to being done, folks. Sweet. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, then we are done with our seventh climactic episode of the Cajun and Eskimo from bayous to igloos and everything else that I forgot because I was looking <laughs> for the video. We have so many damn overlays now. It's ridiculous. It That'll happen. <laughs> like, yes. So, are we going to do that? You want to do the ending? Sure. The ending, right? This is yeah. the Cajun Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous to igloos. We Good love y'all. Good night.